What's up, everybody? This is Shay. And Haley. And this is Spiritual Side Note. Thanks so much for joining us this week as we uh, just continue to have conversations around different things. Hopefully, um, we're becoming more like Jesus. That's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. You say it kind of suspect, like you're not so <laughs> sure. It is. Well, you're sure that we're supposed to, but you're not sure that we are, is how it sounds. No, I think we are. Oh, yeah? I That's hope good. we are. That's the positive. I feel different cool. than I did a year ago. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Be better, right? That's the, that's the series we're in for uh, oh, at our church. Gotcha. Talk about better. Yeah. You know, perfection is not attainable, but we can be better. We can be more like Jesus than we were yesterday or last year. Mm-hmm. Yes. But to kick us off, I want to start with the classic Athelia quote. <laughs> this one was just so good. I can't even fully remember the context of what was happening. Do you remember? I think I was going to go get in the shower. Oh, were you? Like you had worked out or something? You're Okay. No, we were just eating dinner and I like wanted to take a shower before bed or something. Okay. All right. So Haley's getting ready to leave Athelia. I, I just did air quotes. You can't see because anytime Haley leaves the uh, room, room. <laughs> even potentially the other side of the room or like goes from the living room to the kitchen that you can see into, uh, Athelia has to have a hug and a kiss. And then she has to have about 10 more from Haley before Haley's allowed to leave. And even then it's it's questionable. It's questionable. And 10 is like if I'm leaving the house or getting in the shower and she can't actually see me. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, anyways, so Athelia walks up to Haley and as she's walking up, she says, uh, in kind of like this funny deep voice, yeah. it's kind of like this deep voice, she goes, give me a hug and kiss, you massive lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, Haley's now the massive lady. <laughs> It's so funny. It was hilarious. It really was. She's so funny. She is something else. <laughs> she that's for sure. That's for sure. In the best way. Yeah. She is the best personality. She's so funny. She's fantastic. Well, this week we are going to jump into a conversation about repentance and like a posture of repentance, a heart of repentance. And part of this I I was thinking about was um, I feel like sometimes in the church we tend to emphasize repentance with salvation. That it's like, if you don't believe in Jesus, and this is true, I'm not saying this is wrong, but if you don't believe in Jesus, um, you gotta repent of your sin, turn towards him, repent to turn away. Um, and so turn towards Jesus, put your faith in him, and as Romans says, you know, if you believe in your heart and confess through the mouth of Jesus is Lord, um, that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Um, so you can you repent, you confess, you turn, and you believe and put your faith in Jesus. Um, but I feel like it sometimes gets missed as a continued conversation of discipleship. Um, and maybe that's not true. I guess I kind of feel that. Have you, do you kind of feel that? Like when you reflect on your 30 odd years in church? Mm. Taking a moment to actually yeah, think. a long pause. Well, I had 30 odd years to think through. Give a woman a minute. Um, yeah, no, for real. Yeah, mess of lady. I, I think it wasn't yeah. very prominent. I feel like the art of guilt or like feeling guilty versus not feeling guilty. Like either you feel bad about what you've done and there's guilt or you don't feel guilt. 
but like the art of repentance I don't really remember maybe it was talked about and I just don't remember it being talked about but I don't remember specifically learning about how a heart an active heart of repentance mm-hmm. acts or what it looks like because I think I just I specifically held my own sin for so long that I, I wasn't necessarily repentant I felt bad but it was more like I felt guilty I wanted to be oh, perfect yeah, yeah. like that's what I mean by guilt versus not guilt um, or it's just like oh okay it's fine but there there is a heaviness to accepting where you've been while also releasing it back to Jesus and I don't really remember that hmm. being talked about yeah but it could be that I didn't have the ears to hear it either hmm. so and I, th- I like we talk about forgiveness and things like that I don't know there's just something about the posture of like a heart of repentance or a continued state of repentance that feels different than like forgiveness and I think the difference for me and maybe this is nuanced or maybe it's just me um, and that's fine but like when I think of forgiveness I think like I did something you know um, I lied and so therefore I need to ask forgiveness you know I need to go to God and say God forgive me for lying um, and I'm forgiven repentance I think in my mind it, it is that that that's still repentance for um, our sin but I think for me it goes to like a deeper level of like what are the things that are almost just underlying or as someone put it yesterday I was listening to um, she just said like I, I don't have like areas of my life that I think through that I'm like actively sinning in but I know there's things that I'm doing that aren't God's heart um, whether that's maybe how you spend your money or Maybe that's uh, a selfish thing that you're just unaware of, or maybe that's a a pride issue. You know, there could be multiple things that um, are happening in our lives that are just kind of like underlying. Um, And to me, like that's that's what I think of when I think of like a repentant heart is like, what is the thing that's just kind of deep down that I don't even know that's happening, but I'm just coming with a posture of like, God, if there's something in me, um, because I think the odds are is that at most times in our life, there's something in our life that God has to work on refining in us um, that we have to be willing to repent of and say, yep, that's that's an area that's not fully aligned. Like I wasn't willfully choosing to go against your word or disobey, um, but it was just like this underlying thing or something that I've kind of just always done or something I was taught that I thought was okay or whatever the case may be. Um, and so what does it look like to just live our lives and walk in this um, heart of repentance that's like God anytime you want to invade my space and convict me and challenge me I just want to humbly be open to like yes yep that's an area that I need to come into greater alignment with you that I haven't fully submitted or I haven't let go of or I haven't whatever does that make sense I think so would you agree with that or like I said maybe this is just me so I think I would agree with that. I don't know that I would fully define it that way myself. Yeah, that's fair. But. Okay, so when I'm thinking of a heart of repentance or the art of repentance. um, Psalm 51 is what comes to mind where David is confessing his sin. 
before God after he's committed adultery and murdered Bathsheba's husband or had him murdered and um, lost his son as a result of his sin, which is kind of hard to grapple with in scripture. Yeah. Um, but he comes before the Lord and says against you and you only have I sinned. At least I think this is Psalm 51. I guess I could have it open right now. But the part that stands out to me from that psalm is, one, there's still worship of who God is, first and foremost, acknowledging that I have sinned, but specifically I've sinned against God, and he made me in my mother's womb, and from my mother's womb I've been broken. But it says, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And... That is kind of the heart of repentance within this art of repentance that David is practicing that I think you're talking about. Like this brokenness and this humility, like contriteness, I think of as like this humility of I I just don't know, one, what all I've done. But the things I do know I've done, I feel the weight of. But I also know that Jesus has taken that weight for me. So there's this deep gratitude in the forgiveness I know I've already received. Um, so I think in my heart, I would say forgiveness is definitely a part of it because we have to truly, I think we have to truly grapple with what what the depth of forgiveness really means and what it is in order to have a, a full understanding of what we're experiencing in repentance. Mm-hmm. Because the wages for our sin is death. Like we should die for what we've done. So the fact that God has forgiven us is no small thing. And as a part of repentance, I'm literally confessing to God who has already forgiven me for all of my sin, the very sins he died for. Like there's a weight to that every time that's like, wow, but you took that from me. And that doesn't mean we have to stay in the guilt and the shame of those things that we have done. Cause he, he died for our guilt and our shame as well. Um, but there is this brokenness in our spirits and in the contriteness of our hearts that owns that and yet hands it over. Like there, I don't, there's a weightiness to it. I can't quite describe. Hmm. Um, actually I'll just look this up while we're talking. I think I experienced the difference of this in my heart for the first time a few years ago where, um, I can't even remember what specifically happened to trigger this moment, but I suddenly was like bawling in tears over the things I had done against the heart of God that Jesus died for, but it wasn't a guilt. It was like a, I am so grateful and I'm so sorry but I know that you know I'm sorry and I know you have forgiven me. I'm so grateful. It's almost like great gratefulness, gratitude bookends this experience and flows through the whole thing because you're grateful for what God has done. But there's a weight in the middle I'd never experienced before. And I remember saying to someone that I was like, I just have felt this weight for all the things that I've done. But not not I can't describe it because it wasn't in this like, wow, I feel like this trepidatious sinner, but like just this, oh my gosh, all the things, God, you've rescued me from that I've done. And he was like, have you, did you not feel sorry for your sin before? 
And I was like, no, I think I did, but it wasn't like this. It was almost like, I, I'm supposed to ask for forgiveness, so I am. Like, I'm sorry, God. But I hadn't experienced this weight that was like ownership of what I've done while also equally owning the forgiveness God was giving me, like accepting it and not just like, okay, I'm supposed to say, I'm sorry. So I'm doing that, but still almost holding that sin like against myself. It's like this repentance is a true seeing what has occurred, fully accepting God's forgiveness and fully releasing it back to him where I, I am not holding it against myself anymore. Cause he's not either. Um, and I'm not trying to be perfect anymore. But just, I, I don't know. I can't quite describe the actual experience. Um, does that make sense? I feel like you're maybe tracking with me, but maybe not. Um, yeah, it, I think it does. Um, the fact you can't describe it, I think, makes it a little bit harder. But um, I, maybe this will help. So correct me if I'm wrong, if this isn't what you're saying. But I heard somebody one time say that, like, the closer you get to God, the more aware of how sinful you actually are. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the closer you are to his perfection, his holiness, like, the more it illuminates, like, all the areas of your life where you don't align with that, where you are broken, where you are unholy. Um, and, like, at the start, it's like, oh, man, God, thank you for saving me and rescuing me, right, at the start of your faith journey or salvation or whatnot. Um and then it's like he starts to point out some of these bigger areas that are like external and i feel like he just continues to work inward mm-hmm. of like hey you're doing this thing whatever that thing is um and that's sin you need to stop that whatever it is again but um then he begins to to work down towards motive of the heart and yeah. the, the why behind and it's just like when you get close to god as you grow and mature in your faith like you just begin to realize how many negative motives you have as to why you do things, whether it's for control, whether it's for ease, whether it's for selfishness, whether it's ego or attention of man or money of the world, whatever it is, like you're like, wow, I, I've made these decisions or I do these things or whatever for this thing that isn't to love and worship God or to reach the lost, or to grow in my discipleship, my relationship, which is loving and worshiping God. But like, I I chose to do these things for other reasons than that. Um, And so like, that's, that's what I think you're trying to say, like this, this recognition of like, wow, I am broken, like to my core, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm broken. And, uh, and there's a weight there but you don't feel heavy. It's not like a depressive weight. It's not a, it's not a weight that's slowing you down or causing you to lose joy or anything like that. It's just, it's more of a mental weight of awareness of what God has saved you from. Yeah. And, um, I think too, repentance comes with a desire to move forward and be transformed versus like, Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm asking for forgiveness because I know I did something wrong, but I have no plan on changing mm-hmm. or no desire to change. I think repentance, like in Psalm 51 and verse 10, David says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Um, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Return to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So the fact that the Holy Spirit is the one in us that doing the transformation 
And he says, cast not your Holy Spirit from me. And in the Old Testament, God didn't give his Holy Spirit to everybody. Yeah. Um, so that was a very special relationship. Anointing. That, yeah, anointing. Um, and now we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in each believer. Like, that's incredible. So I think this, he's the one that creates the broken spirit within us. And before this, David actually says, let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Like... There can be rejoicing in this repentance and the brokenness because we know how good and glorious God is and that he will bring goodness from this, that he will transform us. But there has to be a willingness inside of us mm-hmm. to move forward and to, and to want to do differently. That doesn't mean we'll do it perfectly, um, but there is a deep humility and a desire for God to be first and to make us to be like him, mm-hmm. um, which includes action on our part, because I think repentance too, isn't just a thanks Lord, but like an active coming before God's throne, um, with, with this awareness, asking for, for forgiveness, knowing he's the one that creates change, but us having to make the decision to actually allow that to happen, yeah. to allow him to raise red flags in us the next time that comes, to allow him to arm us with himself and to use scripture against the enemy when we feel tempted. Like, if we just continue to sit there and do nothing, God can still protect us, but we have to actively do something as well. Um, so I think maybe repentance has a piece of that too. Like, I, I want this transformation to happen and I'm willing to work with God in doing that and knowing he's the one that does it in me, but I have to be willing to let him talk to those, those deeper places in me and to call me out and to remind me the next time I'm sitting down to binge eat that thing or binge watch that thing or say that thing or do that thing or be involved with this thing. And I know I'm not supposed to, to like actually listen to that voice. Um, yeah. So now that uh, we've not really defined repentance. Oh, I thought we kind of defined repentance. Well, I mean, we have, but it was just, I mean, we just talked about it. So um, I was just, sorry, that was supposed to be funny. Um, (laughs) Let's uh, (laughs) jump into maybe like, I guess how that kind of looks or or plays out. Um, So... There's a couple passages that come to mind for me. Um, one is the Jeremiah passage where it talks about um, the heart is wicked and deceitful. Who can know it but God? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just goes to show like, so I, I believe when we were like born, like at conception, I believe we were made perfect in the beautiful image of God. Like I believe that that because that was how God started humanity when he created Adam and Eve. Um, but like instantly we're corrupted, right? Like it's instantaneous. We're born into a broken, in a broken world, but that procreation is good. It's what God designed before the fall. And so that, so therefore that that's good. Um, you know, a lot of people argue, like not argue, a lot of people would say like, well, but if two broken humans give, conceive, they're conceiving in a broken child essentially um totally makes sense i just i think for me i'm like well i I love the beauty of what god established and so i just want to be optimistic that like no at my at my very initial onset i was made perfect in psalm 51 david literally says in sin did my mother conceive me and when i was studying that it more meant like even in the womb i was 
screwed up. Well, and I think that 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 could, I do think that that's true, that like, again, conceived by sinful humans, but the idea that like the the design of procreation was established before the fall. So just the goodness of what God had set up is still continuing even amidst a, a broken world. Um, don't get me wrong. It, I could totally be wrong. Maybe we're broken and sinful and desolate from the onset, but there's just a part of me that believes like, oh man, at the, at the beginning, at the very beginning of each one's life, like you were made perfect. Um, but instantly you're corrupted because you're born into, or you're conceived into a, a womb that is a broken human, right? Um, anyways, uh, but the heart's deceitful and wicked. Like we, we can't know the depths of our heart, but God does. And I think that's this heart of repentance. It's this willingness and humility. Like you're talking about, like, what does it look like for you? So I guess more of a practical question. What does it look like for you to regularly go to God and say like, God, will you reveal something in me that maybe I'm unaware of that is, is sinful or is not aligning with you? Like how, how does that part look? Because you can't know the depths of the brokenness of your heart. Was that a question? Yeah. So when I said oh. this is a practical question for you of how I do thought you... you were making a statement like a practical question, like to anyone listening. No, no, no. Like, to I'm ask actually yourself. asking Haley right now in the I'm moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> what am I answering? That's like, oh, man. Uh, I'm there. Um, so uh, <laughs> what does it look like for you practically to go to God? Because uh, like knowing, like yes. I can't know the depths of my sinfulness and the heart is deceitful mm-hmm. and wicked, right? Like. How, only God knows it, so we got to go to Him. What does that look like? What does that rhythm look like for you? Whether it's I do it so often, or usually I do it in journal format, or I don't know. What's the question you ask? Um, I don't journal near as much anymore, and when I do right now, um, I'm more journaling very specific things typically bigger things that are happening or have happened in order to go back and have um just a visual log of what Mm. god has done or will do um so it's very possible that i've written this question in my journal over the last few months when i have sat down to journal but most often this is just something i ask god to do if not daily almost daily Mm. just remove idols from my life reveal to me what's in me you don't want to be there um anything that's not good and perfect isn't from the lord so whatever that is asking him to remove those things but most often my words actually sound like would you make me like yourself transform me transform my heart through the renewing of my mind knowing that in doing so he will remove things that aren't supposed to be there Um, And then as specific things come up, then I specifically pray over those things. Like, God, I don't know how to think other than how I think. I need you to change my mind. Like, show me how to think differently. Or um, I've struggled with food fixation after having an eating disorder um, or eating disordered mindsets. I've struggled with um, spending too much money. I've struggled with alcohol and using that as a coping numbing mechanism in the past. I've struggled with... Um, of a myriad of things um, that I have seen God bring to the surface and then I specifically start to pray 
over those things. Like, God, would you remove those from me? But a part of having him remove them is then when they come up, standing firm against them with his word, which I don't always do well or haven't done well. Um, So as he reveals things, I think there are seasons where I probably focus more specifically on asking him to just take those things out without overarchingly like asking him to reveal more. Um, so as he's faithful to reveal them acting in gratitude, like, thank you God for showing this to me sitting in the repentance of like, I'm so sorry. I've made this more important than you that I valued this or worshiped this over you that I've made this so important that my focus has shifted from you to me, um, or to fear or whatever it might be. And that is a part of the humility. I think of realizing like there is a goodness in God revealing these things, but also like, I, I can't change this on my own. Would you show me how? And then seeking scripture too, like, God, show me what you want to say to me about this. Um, we're blessed to be able to just like open Google and type in scripture on fear and all of these scripture Mm, verses pop up. Um, but lately too, I've just very much been like, God, would you just speak to me from your word and I'll just open it. And lately he just keeps telling me not to fear. So I've been very aware that uh, over the last couple of weeks, how much fear had overtaken certain parts of my heart that I just didn't trust God with everything. Mm. I thought I had been trusting him more. And in the last year I've asked him to deepen my faith and my trust. And I guess that's not exactly what you're asking. Cause I wasn't like remove this idol of distrust from my life, but I wanted him to deepen my trust and my faith. Yeah. And over the last couple of weeks I have experienced the awareness of the chasm that existed in the, the depth of trust I didn't have in who he was. And yet his constant peace and patience and kindness in that to show it to me and to teach me how to trust him. Um, and in doing so, he honestly brought up several things that he was like, look what you have been putting time and effort and thought and worship into that are not eternal, that mm. do not matter. Yeah. But it's coming from a heart of humility where I ask God to humble me or show me how to be humble, that I ask him to reveal things to me that aren't from him, that I ask him to remove idols from my life and uproot things that aren't supposed to be there. And I do that regularly. Then I trust that he will. Um, and that voice can also look like it, it comes from other people sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more, a a very continuous thought pattern or heart posture daily that yeah. I, I try to lay before the Lord. Cool. Um, how do you get the space with two little kids to listen to his answer to that? Well, sometimes he uses my children <laughs> to show me, um, whether that's in honestly, the random hugs and kisses, just like this deep love and affection that God reminds me through my kids, how much he loves me unconditionally. Cause I could scream at my kids and then they're hugging me two seconds later. Um, but then in moments where, for instance, I, I could hear my tone change slightly I don't remember if this was today or yesterday. I think it was today. And I could tell I felt a little bit irritated about something. I couldn't, I can't remember what it was. I think I was interrupted for like the fifth time trying to do something within a matter of like two minutes. Um, And I just have a hard time being interrupted and staying 
patient during those times. God's been working on that in me. He uses my kids to show me that often. Like, hey, look, you're still very irritated when you're interrupted. Um, but Athelia goes, Mom, you sounded mean. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I did not mean to sound mean. Like, I'm not mad at you. Um, or, or she said, you sound mad. One of those. I was like, I literally, I could barely hear my tone change. And I didn't feel mean or even feel feel mad. I, I, But she, like, called me out on it. So even those things that like, and I've been asking God to change this like patience in my heart. Mm, Um, So he literally uses them to teach me the very things that he's bringing up um, and gives me the opportunity to practice the peace and the love and the patience and the grace with them that he gives me through the Holy Spirit. Like it's already in me. I have to choose to use it though. Um, I also, I try to read the word almost first thing in the morning that typically doesn't happen with the kiddos because they still wake us up. Um, but after we eat breakfast with them and read a Bible story with them, like I let the kids know I'm going to read my Bible as well. And it's very interrupted, but it's also, or a lot shorter than I would typically love to be in the word, but I take time to be in the word and just allow God the space to speak to me even if it's not specifically about something maybe that I've been praying about, but just being in the word transforms us and and it plants his word in our hearts so he can um, bring that up throughout the day in a different way because we're meditating on it and aware of it. And then I try to be in the word again before bed um, for multiple reasons, but one of them being like my dreams can be really intense and I'd rather the word be the last thing on my mind than something else. Um, so I think that gives him another space to talk to me. And then two or three times a week, you give me the space to write. And I will, I will take time to be in silence or in prayer mm. or reading the word before I do those things. So that, cause those are some of the only minutes I actually get alone, um, that I give God that time first to speak to me. And then honestly, just throughout the day, like I just, I am in constant prayer or at least consistent prayer. It's not always constant, but Oh, talking to God and, and listening for his voice and asking him what he wants and um, repenting when I mess up. And um, I think just that constant conversation gives him a certain kind of space to talk to me. I, I wish I had, or I wish I took more space to just be quiet before him, to give him that space. Cause he's been telling me a lot lately, be still and know that I am God. Hmm. Um, and sometimes, honestly, that with two littles looks like actually just sitting still and playing with them. Because mm. one of my coping mechanisms in life can be just like moving around and putting things away or organizing things or cleaning something. So I'm not sitting still in the discomfort of whatever it is I feel or think or I'm trying to avoid in feeling or thinking. Um, so he he just uses them a lot to teach me. and um, And then he gives me some sweet space away from the chaos and the noise sometimes too, just to, to be still and calm and quiet with him. So, and running, if I can run once a week Mm. by myself, um, I feel like he, he speaks to me during that time as well. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think for me, it's, I kind of need certain set aside spaces like I, I, I don't know if this personality or if this is actually wrong and immature in my faith, but like, it's hard for me to like have those specific moments 
like just throughout the day as I'm doing other things. I feel like you have really grown really good at that. Um, for me, it usually is like spaces where like I'm taking a uh, specific time um, in like an extended prayer time, whether that's through fasting or mm-hmm. um, the focus is just kind of like on something like asking God one my day alone's with God, which has been a while with our transition here. I haven't um, been in that rhythm again, but um, on my day alone, so that was a regular question. Like, God, what do you need to convict me of? Um, but it'll a lot of times happen, like when we get to attend church and sit mm-hmm. and worship, because obviously I, I work and lead a service for the students on the weekend as well. But when we're sitting in service, like it'll sometimes happen, like during the worship, um, where there's just it just feels like there's a longer space than just like um, trying to pray throughout the day in between tasks and other things like that um, or even my like daily time in the word usually I'm listening to what the word is talking about so if it's not talking about like repentance in that moment it's talking about something else like I'm just like focused on wherever I am in scripture and reading through um, but ironically like even I think it was yesterday or this morning that I sent you that text Mm -hmm. that um, the the scripture passage that I was in, I was working through uh, 1 Corinthians and the chapter that I was in addressed something that you kind of called me out on um, the other night. And it was like, oh, okay, like this is pertaining exactly to what we were talking about. Um, And that really challenged me. But even then, like I, I didn't like stop and was like, oh god forgive me of this thing but it was just like a reminder like oh yeah Haley brought that up i need to work on that type of a thing so um maybe it's just allowing more space but for me it's just in those specific longer spaces um but i think if if that's the rhythm then i need to be doing that regularly um again getting back to more my regular day alone with gods or things like that not god days (laughs) alone with with God. god Um, one God, three persons, I know, but it's confusing. Um, anyways, so that's kind of how it typically looks for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. This doesn't have to do with what you're just talking about, but you just said God is three in one. And I don't think I talked about this on here, but I've just been amazed at, cause this is another thing I think God uses to teach me, um, specifically teach me about who he is in simplicity that Athelia asks me the deepest questions (laughs) from a four-year-old or has these thoughts. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Um, and this was probably before Christmas, Athelia was asking about baby Jesus. And, um, actually today, was it this morning or yesterday? She goes, so was Joseph married to Mary or was God married to Mary? Because God is Jesus's daddy. And Mm. I was explaining that the Holy Spirit put Jesus inside of Mary because if Joseph was Jesus's daddy, then Jesus would have been all human and explaining the, the different parts of Jesus being fully God and fully man and to a four year old. Yes. (laughs) And honestly, she tracks pretty well. It's like, it's kind of confusing. She repeated it to me and she goes, I know mom, it's kind of (laughs) confusing. Um, but it, it just reminded me that like before Christmas, she said, so if Jesus was a baby and jesus is the son of god he's a part of the trinity god the father god the son god the holy spirit then 
Jesus is kind of his own daddy. And I was just like theologically blown away by that, that the this amazing, energetic, chatty four-year-old um, who sometimes I wonder if she's listening was grasping this concept or grappling at grasping this concept of the Trinity. Um, and it's, it's just amazing to me that God's love and what he wants to communicate to us is simple enough for a four-year-old to grasp. And still he's mystical, like he's mysterious. We cannot fully understand him, but he's also deep enough that an adult will never be able to fully comprehend, Mm. but simple enough that a child can. Um, and that we are currently teaching our children the art of repentance in this simplest form when we come to them and we say, we're sorry. Um, and lately more often I've been trying to also apologize out loud to God in front of them. So they're Mm. hearing me repent before God. So if I like snap at them, I apologize to them and then I pray in front of them and ask God to forgive me for snapping and, um, just work through like a heart of repentance in front of them. So they're seeing it. Um, so that they grow up learning what that's like and that it's not awkward or weird to talk to God. Yeah. That he loves us. That apologizing, because I already see this in Athelia. She's like, I don't want to apologize. Um, whether that feels like embarrassing or whatever. Like, we don't have to live in embarrassment or shame yeah. or guilt. Like, God wants, he wants to take that from us. He wants to relieve that space inside of us and fill it with life. Um, those spaces where we're holding shame and guilt and sin. And, um, yeah, so I think it's just important for parents to model this to their children. And it can feel awkward if you haven't done it before, if you haven't been great at apologizing out loud to people or apologizing out loud to God or praying, like talking with God or listening to him. But practicing it is so powerful. Um so yeah, that was kind of like a tangent. Um, but I just encourage people listening to like ask God to reveal to you what's in you, whether or not you believe in Jesus. Like he can still talk to you. Like, are there things in my life that need to change? And um, trusting that God will reveal that and then taking time to truly sit with it and not yeah. ignore it. Or like I was talking to a friend today who said she was like i think i listen to podcasts like it started out like oh this task is boring so i'll listen to a podcast but i think in some ways it's because i'm like coping with thoughts like not Mm. having to think about things um and i think we are inundated with that in our world like the busy noise of things whether it's podcasts or music or playing video games or meeting up with people or looking at your phone or texting like whatever it might be that we actually have to practice the art of silence and being still and allowing mm. God to speak to us. Yeah. Um, and then taking that with us throughout our day, like creating moments of silence too. Whether that's even for a few seconds when you get in your car before you turn it on and before you turn music on or whatever, that just like that can feel uncomfortable, but it's a space that God wants to use to talk to you sometimes. Like, Listening to music isn't bad in and of itself, but if we're using it all the time and we're not giving God any space to talk to us, yeah, I think it. we're closing off opportunities to hear from him and have him change things in us. So, 
And maybe I'm wrong about that. No, I think that that's true. I mean, just the information overload of a society and culture that we're in on top of always having something to listen to or, or watch. Um, I definitely think that that just crowds out space for either us to like be creative, like to allow our minds to work that the way that God designed us to, to work, whether that's to problem solve or to create something or whatever it might be. Um, but then definitely the space that, <coughs> excuse me, um, definitely the space for God to be able to speak into our lives in a new way. Um, so I, I mean, I agree with that. Maybe we're both wrong, but hmm. at least you're not wrong alone. Um, I think the other thing too, just like the reason I feel like that this is so important is that like, we're just called to be like Jesus. And so much of the emphasis seems to be on, um, you know, conversion a lot of times, Mm. like, um, are people getting saved and do people need saved and to hear the, the gospel? Absolutely. Like they do. Um, but what am I doing to continue to become more like Jesus? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it's in the context of not worrying, but where Jesus says, but seek first his righteousness um, and all these things will be added to you. Like it's in the context again of, of not worrying about like having clothes or food, um, but it's still like seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's the number one. So if I'm not seeking that first, if I'm seeking um, my own selfishness or my own comfort mm-hmm. or my own like no matter the context that it's in, we still have to seek first his kingdom. Like that's Mm. still the command there. And so uh, what does it look like for me to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? Well, it's righteousness is to live rightly according to the way he, he designed. And so, um, I think we should always be seeking to root those things out. I think that that is the John 10, 10 passage of life and life to the full that Jesus came for. Like he provides freedom from all those areas of brokenness and sin and, and he can restore us. He can bring us to restoration and and not perfectly, but he can restore us in this life to get to a place where we can experience Mm -hmm. life to the full because we're focused on his kingdom and his righteousness rather than the world around us or our own um, selfishness and uh, just focusing on our building our own kingdom rather than his and adapting to his kingdom yeah so any other thoughts I did have one while you were talking about it. I think I lost no it. sorry about that no don't apologize so. five more seconds Put you on the clock. Hmm. Anything? No, but it's kind of hard when you keep talking, so I probably won't get there at this point. It'll be like in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and be like, ah, this is what I wanted to say. We'll write it down. We'll start the next episode with that that thought. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Well, thanks everybody for listening. We hope that you guys have an awesome week. Um, And honestly, like... Man, I just, I hope that um, if you believe in Jesus, that you are living with a heart of repentance, that you're just coming before God and not in a kind of back to what we were saying earlier, like not in a way that's like, oh God, I'm just, I feel so guilty. There's all this stuff in my life, but just like open-handed, like God, if, if there's sin in my life, I want, I want to lay down at your feet. I want to 
ask for your forgiveness. I want to repent of those ways. I want to walk in what you have. Um, and like Haley was saying with thankfulness at the beginning and end, just God, I thank you that you're good, um, that you'll reveal your, these things in gentleness and your kindness. And then, um, when he shows them to you, repent of them. And then there's gratefulness that he forgives you of those things. So that's what I was going to say. The, um, I think one of the other pieces of this is when I'm talking about that weight, right. And not living in the guilt and the shame. It's repentance is not, wow, I'm so terribly awful. Cause it's still making it about us, but you are so awesome and mighty and recognizing that when we have sinned, we've removed God from that place in our lives, though that doesn't remove him from the throne, but we have um, put something like higher than him. Anyways, I was just thinking about the fact like repentance isn't this like, wow, I'm the worst, I'm the worst, I'm the worst, but like, God, you are so awesome and mighty. Like, thank you for saving me. And I am truly sorry that I have put anything before you because you deserve all the glory. So I think that was like one of the mm-hmm. the vocabulary things I wanted to say out loud. It's just that weight isn't like, wow, I'm the most awful human being that's ever lived. But wow, God, in your goodness, you have saved me despite the fact I'm a sinner. Like you saved me before I even knew you. Um, so anyway, that's what I wanted to say. Gotcha. Well, thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. We hope that you have an awesome week. Yeah. See you later. Sticky notes. (laughs) Later.